Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's an old man's business. It's not a young person's business. You have to really do it for a long time and stay with it and stay in it. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Fuller. Cam, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Jake. It's, uh, you know, I wanted to come on the show for a very long time. <laughs> I feel honored now to be here. Yeah, no, actually, last time I saw you was that like a week ago, you came up to me and you, you kind of pressed me about it. And I actually had your name on the guest list for future like people I wanted to, to reach yeah. out to. And I couldn't find it in that moment. But then the next day, I actually did find it. And I, uh, I was going to send you a picture of it, but I figured I'd just reach out and schedule you anyway. So yeah, here great. we are. You know, it all came full circle, although I still haven't seen my name on the list. So, you know, I'm just... I'm going to find it for you. Okay. I'm going to find it for you. Uh, can you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself? Um, well more about myself it's 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 kind of a complicated question i guess um when people ask me that because it's it's so broad and and i feel like i've you know i've tried a lot of different things in my life um which some have been more successful than others but uh i would define myself as you know an actor a producer a creative but but you know it's all encompassed in the idea of business for me so I guess it's the word entrepreneur, Jake. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You said it. <laughs> you said um, the word. But but yeah, you know, I've been I've been acting since I was 18, um, which is now a while thinking about it. But uh, <laughs> I sort of got roped into it. You know, you know me. I mean, in high school, we played sports. Also. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't really something I was thinking about, but I grew up in the entertainment business and I knew I wanted to be in it. I just didn't really know what that meant. And then went to college and got roped into acting and um, started booking things here. So and there. How, how did you get roped into acting? I think that's a, an interesting thing. point because a lot of people want to be actors or they want to figure out how to get into Hollywood or into acting. Right. And I'm curious how that happened for you. So where it started was when you and I were both in high school together, yeah. um, our high school somehow had a program where you could skip second semester senior year and go intern somewhere for four or five months. Do you remember this? We, for us, it was, uh, what was it, create, what was it called? Uh, senior projects, right? Where you just had to, do some, you had to prove that you were doing something for four months and yeah, you could skip school. Had to prove it. You had to do it. Um, but the, the, the guidelines were very loose. You could kind of get away with uh, 
with anything. I feel like I knew a lot of people who just sat on their ass for, for five months straight and just didn't go to school, but you know, yeah. Some people went surfing for four months. Yeah. 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 Um, so during that time I got a, an internship at William Morris, um, you know, which is a talent agency and I was 16 in a talent agency where everyone was, you know, the youngest people were out of college. What was the, what was the internship? Just kind of like a general in the mail room. Um, intern yeah okay yeah in the mail room the, the dreaded mail room, dreaded mail room. For, for those who, who don't know what that is it's basically you know you're in a basement um in the agency and you're organizing mail and then you're pushing carts around and delivering mail to all the agents and assistants pretty much all day and there's a lot of mail that comes in and then you also yeah. you know for all the clients there who are successful they also get mail and fan mail and there's just a lot of letters um i got a job there and uh long story short after pushing mail around for a while and and getting used to that life there was a manager there who stopped me um she had a meeting and she said you need to be an actor and i said what no way and she goes i think you need to be an actor here's my card i want you to call me if you ever decide to be an actor I was like, yeah, okay, sure, uh, thanks. And um, I ended up somehow getting the itch. I called her and I tried it and it stuck with me. So <laughs> do you remember how that, how that went? Like when you called her, did you know exactly what to say? Or were you like, you know, were you asking, all right, how, how do I go about this? Like, do I just, oh, uh, uh, hi, like this is Cameron. I was the intern. I want to be an actor. Like what, how did you approach that? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I had run into her a few more times since she gave me the card. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it became more and more of a conversation leading up to that call. But, you know, for me, it was like it wasn't completely foreign to me because I grew up on, yeah. on a lot of sets and around a lot of actors. And, and I saw it and, and I sort of understood it um, from a first person perspective. Yeah. Uh, so it was it wasn't that far off from me. Yeah. So that was the start of it. Um, you made the call and then, you know, she, what was her reaction? How did you move forward from there when it went from just kind of like an idea to something that, you know, you were really going to do? Yeah. So I made the call. Um, and, you know, at that point I, with acting, I feel like for me personally, I never really knew what I was doing. Like I did everything that you're supposed to do. You go to class, you get a coach you watch movies, you read. Um, there's no set tool book for acting, right? When you have a, a, a job that, that where you're employed at a company, it's like you work your way up, you build a skill yeah. set, and you can apply that to a specific sector in what you're specifically good at within the company. For acting, you just are working a muscle basically in your putting yourself out there every single week in, in hopes that you're chosen essentially. And, and then getting shot, getting shot down, coming back, doing it again. 99% of the time you get rejected. Um, yeah. So, you know, in the beginning I basically sat down and she's like, all right, well, we're going to send you on auditions and do this and do that. And I remember my first audition, I was like, what, what is like, what am I, what do you, yeah. I think I looked things up. You know, I looked videos up on YouTube and I was calling friends and I was, asking like you know i remember 
when you go into an audition, you know, you're, you're supposed to have your lines pretty much memorized, like, yeah. And then your, your sides, which are the pieces of paper with the dialogue that you're supposed to know on them. And I remember the first one I walked into, I brought in like the paper and I didn't even look up at the person reading. I'm like reading it as if it was a book, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, it's funny because, you know, you, the, the longer you do it, the more seasoned you get at it, like anything. So, yeah. Um, so do you remember when like it started to click for you a, a little bit and, and you started to get more seasoned and you started to go to those auditions and feel like, all right, now I'm not just, you know, out here winging it, but I'm, I'm really playing the game. I'm really, I'm really going to, you know, get onto a show or, or on t- into a movie. Like, did you start feeling that transition after a little while? I mean, and you can ask a lot of people this and they'll probably give you different answers. I don't think yeah. you were fully feel comfortable um, because it's, it's tough. I mean, especially going through COVID and that kind of whole mm-hmm. situation, it's like me, for me to go back into a room and perform for somebody that feels yeah. odd. It feels super odd when I've been putting things on tape and just sending it in and, and working that way. So I feel like there's always, um, there's always that nerve. It just, you know, when you do something so many times, even though you have those nerves, you just get used to what you're doing. Have, have you felt that doing the auditions by sending in the self tapes has been uh, more comfortable or is that something that you're now used to? Uh, is that something that you think that you may be better at or, or how does that compare to, you know, those in-person auditions? Yeah. I, there's a lot of people that really like going into a room and performing. Um, for me, I like self tapes because you send in your best takes. You don't have to send in, you know, you don't go into a room and get one or two shots at it and then it's over and you're like, fuck, I prepared three days for this. And I just went in and sometimes yeah. you just don't land it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just, yeah. Things don't work out in your favor when you go into a room, but at least you give yourself a great chance to show what you can really do on a self tape um, and send in what you want to send in. So you have the choice, which which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. My 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 follow up to that would be, and I'm curious because uh, you have this experience. I don't really uh, at all. But would you? What would you say if someone said, "Well, the self tape, you know, you're alone. You can isolate. You can you can record it how you want. Send in your best version, and it's like a kind of a low stakes uh, moment, right? Versus if you're in front of people, how you perform in front of people might be indicative of how you perform on on a set, you know, in front of the director, in front of producers, with other actors. Do you think that that has any that carries any weight at all?" Or is it like, hey, just get the role and then the preparation will get you prepared for when you are on set? It's it's funny. There's a auditioning for people and being on set to me feel like very different. You know, how once, so? Yeah, how so? I'm curious. Once you when you're auditioning for people, you're fighting for the role. And when you're fighting for yeah. something really hard and you want something really bad, it's like any other career path it's like when you want something so bad the stakes are so high and you're ba- you're so laser focused and you're nervous and you're feeling all these things and then once you get a role you know to be on set and f- kind of feel like you're a part of something and you're meant to be there is a completely different feeling and obviously it's it can get really nervous on set yeah it's it's not easy by any means at all but there's at least a comfort in I booked this. I'm not, I can breathe to be there. I can breathe. Right. Like I, I can take, take a breath and realize 
okay, I did a great job. I am meant to be here. You know, now it's time to have some fun and, and do yeah. it and play around with it. Um, in, in a sense, you know, you're chosen to be there for that role. And I'm, you know, that's got to feel good, especially after all the times when you get turned down, when you do get picked to be on a set and you are on that set, I think there's a way to reflect and be like, no, like they picked me out of all the people that auditioned. I've been one of those people that's been on an audition and been turned down and here I am in this moment. So maybe that does give you that energy, um, you know, to go out there and perform and, and work through whatever, you know, whatever comes up on a set. Absolutely. I mean, the whole point of doing it is to get to that place. And then once you get to that place, that's your, your reward to the work that you've put in. So, yeah. Do you remember what it was like when, or do you remember what the first role was that you landed? And do you remember what that was like, what you did afterwards, who you told, like just that whole experience? So the first role that I landed, well, actually the first thing I ever did was I was the baby in a movie called the babysitter. So it doesn't really count. Um, doesn't really count, but we'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it, but so it's on my IMDb. So, you know, we'll, get the credit. I have the credit. Um, but the first role I landed, I was in college and it was my freshman year. And it was a, a director that I had known growing up and he was a very sweet guy. And he asked me to audition for a small role in his movie. And I did. Um, I think I stacked three cereal boxes and put a GoPro on top of it to there you go audition at that point. That's the, that's the entrepreneur. Yeah. That's yeah. the entrepreneurial spirit right there. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up booking it and I flew to Atlanta for a weekend or for four or five days, I think. And I remember getting to set and my scenes were with Haley Steinfeld, who's a phenomenal actress. I got there and I was like, Oh, oh my God, what did I, what did I get myself into? I mean, this is, I am terrified right now. And, you know, when you get to a set, they can either be really warm or it can be cold, you know, it can be a little bit colder. And that set happened to be so warm and, and every single person embraced me um, right when I got there. So I felt so comfortable going into the scene, even though I really hadn't done it before that, you know, whatever happened, I knew we would get what we what they wanted to get. And Haley kind of got me through this scene. And, you know, by the end of it, I was hoping that I could stay and be in the rest of the movie, um, even though, you know, it was one day or two days of work. So, yeah, it, it was it was just a great it was just a great experience, a great first experience. What was the movie? It was called Barely Lethal. OK, OK. It was with Samuel L. Jackson, Jessica Alba. Quite the lineup. Yeah, it was, it was actually really, it was great. Um, Dove Cameron, Sophie Turner, and Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, it was, it was great. That was, that was the first role you landed? That was the first role I landed. So once you, you had your day on set, and then it was done, you knew you completed the task, and you started kind of getting back out there doing more auditions, did you carry that with you? Did, did that give you something going forward that you kind of, you know, you said no one's ever comfortable. Um, you know, you can ask all these different actors, you might get a different response, but did that give you a sense of comfortability at least that, all right, now I have that under my belt as I move forward into these rooms? I think for a lot of people, it would. For me, I, I would, you know, I always have felt like I was behind. A lot of people grow up and they're like, I want to act, I want to perform. And they've been performing since they were four three or four years old. 
yeah. me, as you know, it wasn't like that. I was the opposite. I played sports my whole life. You know, yeah. I, I, I never really had interest in it. So I, I had always felt like I was playing catch up. So when that happened, it was a great feeling, but still it didn't make me feel, I wasn't comfortable by any means in what I did or what I was doing. I had no idea if what I did was good or horrible. Yeah. Kind of just waiting for someone to tell me yeah. if we can move on or if I'm going to come, you know, if I'm fired pretty much. So no, I, 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 I didn't feel much better about it. I think the, when there's more consistency in a job that you do, you start to feel a lot more comfortable in what you're doing. So the next, the, you know, my longest job in my career was um, a show called The Last Ship mm-hmm. that I did. And I was on it for four seasons. That was different, right? Because yeah. when in the beginning, not comfortable at all. I mean, I booked the story of this is I booked one line on the show. So I was supposed to come in and say one line. And I did. You killed uh, that one line. I, I, I came in, I had one line and it was actually a really difficult line and I struggled with it. I'm it was, sure. I had to like turn around and say the line to um, Eric Dane, who's, who's like a yeah. actor and a great, you know, great guy. And he like mentored me through this scene, this like young dude <laughs> who felt like he had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. And he, uh, I was struggling with it. But the director was such a nice guy and I bonded with this guy this day. Like we just talked and I asked him questions and he was really nice to me. And two days later, I'm in Beverly Hills and I uh, went to a, I think it was some store and the director happened to be in the store. And I went up to him and I gave him this big hug and I was like, this, that was the best experience of my whole life. Like, thank you for (laughs) this. And he told me, he's like, you know what, like for you to just come and give me a hug, like I'm having a really tough day today. And, you know, this is really kind of you. And I, you know, it means a lot to me. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. I just want you to know, like you, you really enhanced my life, you know? And two days later, I got a contract for three more episodes that he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then that built and that turned into four years. So it was just kind of a situation that, where there was a lot of luck yeah that that's amazing fell in my lap yeah that's amazing so with all that kind of you know your experiences of of (laughs) saying one line and turning into four seasons and and kind of just navigating this this crazy industry uh what are your goals with acting specifically going forward with acting specifically you know i think anyone's goal is to be at the top of of the list or at the top of the you know, at the top of your field. Um, so that's definitely the goal. But for me, what I've noticed, and this has taken time, is the more I put pressure on myself with acting, the worse I do. So if I if I can put myself in a mindset where I'm not necessarily like, I care, don't get this twisted, I care. No, no, I hear you. But where I can sort of pull myself away from the the specific project a little bit and just go in and be like, you know what, if you, if you want this performance, like that's great. If you don't, that's also okay. And once I've been able to get my mindset there, it's definitely um, helped in terms of the actual skill of acting for me. So I've just, it's taken time to realize that, but I think that the long-term goal is obviously to 
probably land on a on a big show or be a part of a great franchise and you know when something like that happens i think people's lives really change so that's what you work for in this business um yeah anytime you get to work work, it's like you you take it and and it's exciting because it really is like it's really hard to it's really hard to book a job yeah i i don't envy envy that that journey and you know talking to you charlie sam uh just kind of hearing about what you guys have to go through um you know, pretty consistently to get work, it sounds brutal. So I, I appreciate uh, what you guys are were going through. Um, but I wanted to ask, how did producing, how did you start getting into producing? Was that kind of as a byproduct of, hey, you know what, it's kind of hard to just get jobs out here. Maybe I can create some jobs for myself and for my friends. Was so, that part of the thought process? I think there's two, uh, two sort of things that got me into producing. One, um, my dad is a producer and it, I, I, you know, and you, you have been to my house yeah. many times. Yeah. I know dad. I mean, he has worked his whole life on this one job and has found a lot of success in the job. And it's something I always wanted to do. I just never knew how to do it. Again, there's not really a, there's not a manual for producing. Um, you learn by experience and through lessons and failures and that's that's how it is so and he always says it's an old man's business it's not a young person's business you have to really do it for a long time and stay with it and stay in it because you know exactly whatever but um yeah so i grew up in my dad's office and i started as i as i got into my 20s i started noticing some of the skills that i had learned from him over the years and i thought you know, maybe I can apply these to producing. Which which ones in particular do you notice? Um, I noticed, you know, problem solving, which is a producer basically all day, yeah. every day. Putting solving. out fires, yeah. Putting out fires. Um, I learned about being the glue person and packaging and basically, you know, it's my job to go find the director and the writer and the talent and put together the best possible package to enhance my chances at yeah. selling this product, this product, right? And and then you know, it's I've been on these sets, I've seen how he operates, uh, I've seen you know the the level of composure that you need to have. To, you know, you're basically you're ensuring that these things are running smoothly, and these things, which are productions, do not. Yeah run very smoothly yeah so it's your job to make sure that uh they do and you know you have to be able to communicate with people that's the most important thing right like you have to be able to communicate with people because the whole job is literally communicating it's relation i feel like it's a lot of relationship building and and effective communication you know you have to from my just knowledge and understanding of just kind of what i you know what i studied in college and and what I've seen, um, you have to be able to, like you said, package, and that comes from relationships and people trusting people and, and having good work experiences. And then that relies on effective communication because if you have bad communication and rub people the wrong way, they're not going to return your phone calls. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I've seen my dad's phone line go cold, and I've seen my dad's phone line get really hot, and that's yeah. just what happens. And that's that's a huge lesson because. 
It's not always like that. It's this, right? That's yeah. just what it is. It doesn't really matter who you are. It's always like that. Um, so that's what I learned from my dad. And then, you know, I started realizing I'm like from acting, I've grown up with a lot of very respected people in my field and I've created those relationships. I'm like, well, if I can use these skills that I've learned from my dad while also using the um, relationships that I have and putting friends and people that I care about in positions where, you know, I can enhance their careers with something great. Like that feels like a win-win to me. Maybe I could, maybe I can do something here, you know. And then mm-hmm. I tried doing that for <laughs> two or three years. And after the last ship, my producing career felt like it was going nowhere, and my acting career felt like it was going nowhere because I couldn't I couldn't book anything. And I had a quarter life crisis with <laughs> where I uh, said I'm not going to be in this industry anymore. I can't do it. It's not for me. Yeah. Nothing's working. I can't. I literally the two things that I am so passionate about. Yeah. I I can't book a job for my life. I literally couldn't book anything and nothing that I'm producing is going to go. And I want it to go, but nothing's, nothing's happening. And I come home one day and I have a full breakdown and, you know, I don't cry a lot. Was crying. Oh my You're dad. Like, I'm going to go work at, I'm going to go work at Target or something. Oh, I don't know. I, I got to figure it out. I, I don't know. I was going to come work at Bristol at that point. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like if, if, Luke, if Luke and Jake will take me, please just take me on. Um, you, had a list. you had your Rolodex out. You're ready to start exactly. making calls. Exactly. So I come home and I call my dad and he's like, well, then you need to, you need to get a job. And I was like, okay. He's like, you need a job because I'm telling you right now, if you're working, you will work. If you, whenever you are working, more work will come. And I said, okay, yeah. that's the lesson that he said, you know, right there. And I was like, all right. I was reluctant. Listen, being an actor, you're not at a day job every day. It's a different sort of lifestyle, you know? So yeah, it, totally. It was a shift. And then I got a job as a walkie talkie PA um, on an Adam McKay show called Showtime. Uh, well, there's a walkie-talkie PA versus a regular PA. <laughs> so I get I get there and uh, I sort of I wouldn't say I I didn't I said that I had had some PA experience when really my PA experience was not as high as as it probably should yeah. have been. But I got you know I I was in there and I got there and they said, you're the walkie PA. And I was like, I PA'd other stuff, but I don't know how to walkie PA. And they're like, well, figure it out. And I was like, okay. And the other PAs, they, <laughs> yeah, literally the other PAs, they're like, this is the worst job on set. I was like, oh no. Thank you guys so much for making me feel so good about this. <laughs> so the job is, and this is for uh, HBO. So there was, I think 300 walkie talkies. Okay. And these walkie talkies are expensive. Jake, like you don't want to lose these things. Okay. Yeah. So they give me, I think it was 10 or 12 cases of like 75 walkie talkies. Oh no. And they said, you're responsible for these. You need to charge them. You need to hand them out to everyone. You need to label them. You need to keep the inventory of them. Here's the Wi-Fi's. you need to charge, you know, and here's the uh, charging ports, the charging bucket, your walkie belt. I would walk around with batteries no. and stuff like that and the whole thing. 
and you're in charge of the paperwork. At that point, I think I had a full-blown panic attack uh, because I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not equipped for this. But, you know, I went home, uh, I went to work, or, or uh, I think I actually went home early that day because I actually, something happened, I, I got sick or something happened and I, I the nurse was like, you should go home. And I was like, I don't know if this is the panic you're attack. You're like, perfect, I will go home. I was like, this is perfect, I, yes. Then I thought, really, I shouldn't work in this business. But I called my dad again and he said, you need to get through this. It's going to be a great experience for you. And I was like, okay, go back the next day, start getting the hang of these things. Go home the next night. I get an audition in my inbox. Still, I'm a little disappointed, just the, the whole situation. I'm like down on my luck at this point is what it feels like. And it was 11 o'clock at night. I had to be back at work at 5 a.m. And um, my roommate, Graham, was like, let's just go upstairs and tape this thing. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I have a job. I'm not doing it. He's like, can we, can we just Milwaukee go? PA guy? Yeah. Milwaukee talk to PA guy. I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. Can we please just tape this? Fine. Fine. Let's go upstairs. Taped it, sent it in. Didn't think anything of it. Two days later, I get a call from my manager and she's like, Hey, you're in the top three for this role. And I was like, okay, sure. Great. Sounds good. It was the lead of a movie. And I'm like, yeah. All right, cool. Let me know. She's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Working a job. I started three days ago. We're in prep week. The job really starts in in five days from now. So, you know, um, and she was like, can you quit if you book it? And I was like, I guess I could quit. I, I, I Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I go back. I'm really getting the hang of the walkie talkies at this point. I mean, I've labeled all of them. I'm, I know exactly where they are, you know, to the point where I'm locked in. Right. I'm like mentally. Yeah. It's game time. They, they give me Friday off. Okay, I was supposed to work all week. They gave me Friday off. They're like, you've done all the work you need to do for prep. Like, you, you there's nothing else for you to do. I'm like, oh, wow. Good, what, pat on the shoulder. Yeah, Dad. yeah. You know, like, you're the king of the walkies now. And um, and on that uh, Friday, I get a call. And she says, you booked it from my whole team. They're like, you need to quit your job right now. I'm like, I've worked for four days. I, I this is This is insane. So I call them. I quit. Next Monday, I'm at a table read as, you know, the male lead of this Blumhouse movie. Um, and it was just a moment that I will always hold on to because it was that moment of, you know, the universe has weird ways yeah. of working. And my dad was right in the sense of if you work and you do good work and you work hard, sometimes you get rewarded with things. And that's, you know, how it felt there. And the most, the full circle to the story yeah. is on our last uh, night of shooting, we had a scene where we were driving in the car and it was far away. And the, uh, the director comes up and says, Hey, we have to put a walkie talkie in the car. Um, do you know how to use it? And, and, he, and uh, he was like, can, uh, guys, fuck, this is going to take so long. We have to teach one how to use it. And I go, no, you don't. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. And, I love that. Dude. I was like, I literally, I have chills thinking about it right yeah. now. I, um, and I started pulling out all the walkie tricks. I was talking to them on different channels and doing the whole thing. And That's it was crazy. Awesome. It was awesome. So it really came full circle in that moment. And then ever since then, that movie, um, things have been going great. What did that movie come out already or is it coming that out came, sooner? It came out last May, March. Okay. Last March. So in, like right when everything shut down. Literally, it was a COVID. It was like one of the first COVID movies. 
That's t- so was that tough for you? Cause I'm sure you were super excited for the whole thing. And like it, then everything happened. You probably, did you have a premiere to go to or was everything kind of pulled? What, what was that like for your first big movie release? The premiere was on March 4th. Okay. The world shut down on March like 12th. So we were right on the border, but we made it. Crazy. Isn't that wild? Crazy. Really, really like, just hard yeah. to imagine. Just going back to the beginning of this conversation. Yeah about confidence and you know yeah that movie gave me the confidence that i i can act i can be an actor because that's it that's what i had always wanted i had always wanted to book the lead of a movie and to be able to do that that is like a one of those moments i can look back on and be like yeah and i was put into a high pressure situation with you know weight on my shoulders of a production and i was able to get through it that's something going forward I can reflect on. And, you know, I, I, it was a moment like I did, I, I achieved a goal. I achieved a goal. Yeah. I mean, just hearing that story is amazing. I think what you said, you, you know, your dad put you on that path, like just work and, and you'll be rewarded, you know, something will come out of it. And I think the fact that you became a walkie talkie PA, something so specific and it put you through all that to then be on that set and it comes down to, oh shit, someone needs to know how to use this walkie-talkie, you gotta teach them. It's like, to me, that's just a sign of, you know, you did the right thing, you're you're on the right path, you just gotta keep doing it, keep grinding, keep working through those ups and downs. And, you know, eventually you'll, you'll get where you wanna go. Um, but for you, are there types of content, you know, types of movies or, or TV shows that you, gravitate towards, you know, either acting in or developing from a production standpoint that gets you excited about the future? Yeah, I mean, I'm the kind of person where I don't want to be on a project in any capacity if I can't really enhance it or add value in any way. And where I've landed is young adult, right? YA um, is somewhere I can be useful and horror somewhere I can be useful. Uh, so those are the two places that I've really stationed myself with my projects. And that's just in terms of producing, in terms of acting, I mean, I didn't, listen, I was on the Goldberg last <laughs> night. I did not expect to, uh, I saw that <laughs> I did not expect to ever be on a comedy, but it worked. You, you kind of with acting, it's, it, you, who knows what anything can be. So you kind of just go for everything, but in terms of producing, I, yeah. it's like, how can I build my producing brand and where can I sort of station myself where I can be successful and, and provide the most success uh, to, or, or, you know, provide the most yeah. tools and assets to other people. And that's in or and YA. I mean, it sounds like you're on the right path um, with acting and producing. Is there anything else besides being a professional basketball player, you know, a dream you're still chasing is there anything else that you're interested in, in doing and uh, creating, you know, from a business standpoint, um, maybe outside of that, just things that you've been quietly working on? Um, I've started consulting for a few companies, which has been uh, something that I never thought I'd be doing, but it's been really rewarding. And I, I truly love business. I love the feel. I love the flow. Um, I love being able to be helpful. And I love watching products and people grow. And, you know, that's, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge passion of mine. So there's a few things there. And then obviously, Jake, as you know, 
my best friend Greg and I have a YouTube channel. Um, yes, I do. Which we've built over the last four or five years together, which uh, has made us inseparable at points. Which is which is who knows if it's a if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think yeah. it's a good thing. So um, that's been really really great for us, just in terms of creating content, proving that we can produce content. You know, it's when you're making an episode for a YouTube channel, there's a lot yeah. of work that goes into it. It's how how often are those episodes coming out? Is it weekly? We usually we try and go weekly. It's it's hard. Um, it is hard as you know just, just editing, doing this show editing a podcast right it's 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 yeah it's really we're kind of perfection so you were actually one of the first people i i spoke to when i i think i called you right when i was about to start doing this um to pick to, you know, to pick your brain and get some advice because there's not again there's like not really a blueprint you know there are a lot of people doing this but there's a lot of different variations on how you should do it or if you should go with a net, like an ad network, or if you should go exclusively or go to all, like, it's just so overwhelming that, you know, you just, it's hard to know what to do. And sometimes that can be paralyzing. I remember I gave you a call because I saw, you know, you've been doing the, you're doing a podcast, um, you have the YouTube channel. So I, I'm sure, you know, the difficulty of just like everything that goes into just getting one episode up, you know, hundred percent. And, you know, it, for me, it's like I've tried to diversify myself enough where I'm, I, I don't have all my eggs in one basket. I, I, you know, I work hard at a lot of things and a lot of things take a lot of time, but I want to give myself the best chance to succeed because I'm not the kind of person that can necessarily stick to one thing. But yeah, I mean, listen, the podcast is going well for you. I had no idea you were actually <laughs> really going to do it, so I'm very proud of it. And, you know, yeah. It was a... Look, I mean, I, I, we had a podcast, you know, and, and it's just one of those things that we tried. And for us, the hardest part was doing this over zoom. It's like the connection, the connection with people is it's kind tough. of makes the, you know, for us, that's what we really wanted. And it just didn't work the way we wanted it to work, but you know, you guys are crushing it. So I'm proud. I appreciate it. It, it goes both ways. Um, well, that's everything I have for you for today. I don't know if there's anything else you want to get off on this episode. You know, feel free to do so. I just uh, want more Bristol clothing. <laughs> anything I can do, um, I would, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, no, we'll keep that in mind. This is from this is from before you started working. No, totally. So OG Bristol. That, that's the last time I was really um, in the mix, so. We'll keep you in mind. We'll keep you posted going forward and make sure we get you some new Bristol. I, I, I definitely. Oh, I heard you still. Sorry, we had Sam on the podcast earlier. He said that you stole his uh, triple hem shorts. They're in my drawer right now. They're the top, they're the top short that I wear. So, you know. Love to hear not, that. He's not getting those back. <laughs> no, he knew that too. He knew that too. But again, uh, thanks for coming on today, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, dude, thank you so much for having me. I am very proud of you very proud of, of all you guys and i'm a huge fan so um likewise have me back please definitely looking forward to it uh, all right man take care
This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.